950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. As promised, Michael Broadcorp kind of joining us to recap the Super Bowl and maybe get his thoughts here on the beginning of session. Hi, uh, Michael. How are we today? Wonderful. Another Super Bowl that I watched, and the Minnesota Vikings are not holding up the Lombardi Trophy. How about the joke against the Vikings on the, the CBS promo for their ghost, uh, the show Ghost, where the Viking says, I like the Super Bowl, but I'm not invited too often. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just they're just twisting the knife in there, Matt. They're just twisting the knife in. Knife in. Uh, Patrick brought up earlier, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. First quarter was boring as all get-go. Second quarter picked it up a little get a bit. But once you got into the third, fourth, and the overtime, it was that was a darn entertaining game. There's no question about it. It was a slow start, and the game picked up. Uh, but it was a heck of a game to watch near the end. And uh, boy, oh boy, uh, it was an entertaining game. And uh, something for the story, something for the history books. We'll see what Kansas City does next season. But uh, there is a lot to digest from that game last night. But it did was a very slow burn. Uh, but once it took off, boy, oh boy, did it really take off. Did you notice that when Kansas City, they kept trying to run their ball, and their running backs were not doing a good job. And it was when Mahomes went with either a pass or Mahomes himself would run that San Francisco, who looked so dominant on defense, just didn't know what they were doing. I mean, Mahomes being able to get those runs, especially in the overtime plays, uh, that was it, well, the, the, the play that led up to the field goal that tied it and then in the overtime. It, it just, they were clearly not prepared for him as a runner nearly as much as they were able to control the, the Kansas City running backs themselves. Correct. He had a lot of mobility on during last night's game, and they had a tough time adjusting to that. And boy, oh boy, I think you know the game was close near the end, uh, but I, and it obviously went into overtime. But I think there's a lot of plays that uh, had San Francisco had more time and uh, just maybe just dealt with that the fluidity of uh, Mahomes on the field. They could have done more to, to stop, but boy, oh boy, they came as close as you can get. Yeah, it was really a close game. Well, and I I kept watching that that San Francisco defense. I was just like, how is Kansas City even in this game? Because I mean, how many times was it just you know just clobbering, just punching Kansas City right in the face? And I mean, even by the time I got into the fourth quarter, I'm like, oh yeah, this game's actually a lot closer than it looks like. Well, the other thing I would say as a as a diehard Vikings fan is, boy, the caliber of those teams are different than what the Vikings put on the field this season. Yeah, I mean, it yes. was there's, I mean, that's really where you start to see those t- really some fine tuned engines on the football field last night, and the Vikings are just not in that position. But it was an it was a, certainly an entertaining game to watch. I've heard from a number of people uh, that that shared kind of the take about kind of the slow start. It was something that will be great to watch, and I think it's gonna—it's a precursor. I think it's also a potential matchup that we could see next season. There's no reason not to think that both Kansas City and San Francisco are going to be right back in it next season. Did it ever cross your mind? I was watching that game that only a few months ago was that Vikings Raiders game in that same building, and it was just a, a much different vibe of a game. <laughs> yes, it was a much different vibe. Yes, and, and, and I, I have to also say. Just from a process standpoint, I don't know if you picked this up too, but there was a number of expectations that there were going to be some structural problems or just operationally there were going to be some problems in that Super Bowl uh, in that in just the kind of the operations of how that game was played. But by all accounts, the field was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, and it was a it was a it was a well orchestrated Super Bowl. We can have a discussion at some point later about the halftime show. I don't know if I'm an expert on that topic, but the field, the quality of the turf, and everything, it was just a good, well run game. 
I'll let I'll let you talk uh, the halftime show because I thought it went pretty well. The one thing I was concerned about it. Did you see how the stage was bending and bouncing when they were at the very end of it? I was scared to death of that thing collapsing. Yes, and I just have to say I'm I cannot offer any expertise on any anything related to the halftime show. It it, it occurred. I have no place commenting on that. There's just nothing that I can offer to the entertainment of, of other than saying, I still believe Prince uh, yes. performed one of the best, if not the best halftime show uh, in the history of them ever happening. And so that's all I can really add to it. <laughs> Prince had sex with America in Miami that was <laughs> during a rainstorm. There's <laughs> your pull quote right there. There's your pull quote. There it is. Uh, Alicia Keys, by the way, just, I do love her. Uh, any of the, what was your favorite commercial during the game? Um, I, 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 a couple, I like the, the, the kind of the obnoxiousness of the Ben Affleck commercial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really great. I also liked the, uh, the sometimes you, preview for, sometimes you make it hard being your friend. <laughs> that Matt yeah, that was hands down probably my favorite. Uh, how about you? Oh, I think I, I agree with you, man. The Dunkin' Donuts ad was really good. I did love Schwimmer's line at the end of the Uber Eats ad where he says i can't stand this town <laughs> there, yes. I thought that was a that was a good payoff at the end of that one. Oh yeah overall I, th- I thought they were good and i did like and one that didn't do as well but i thought it was good was the mgm bets one where they said everyone can yes. bet except tom brady and i thought it, that was a good concept for the ad yeah no it was a great concept a great ad we saw there's uh, tom brady was then also in the Affleck ad yeah so he did he had he even though he wasn't playing in the super bowl he did have some screen time but overall just a great production, and uh, here's just one thing I'll put on my my partisan hat for a second, but it will be more of a, a swipe. Is that there's a lot of MAGA people upset today, and that's something that we should we should be happy a little bit about. Wow. I mean, they're they're pretty pretty upset about about Taylor Swift, and and good for her in her first in her rookie season. She was able to win the Super Bowl, too, so good for her. Congratulations to her. I mean, you couldn't write that script. The superstar rock star kissing her boyfriend on the field after he wins the Super Bowl. I mean, dear Lord, it's, you know, it's... It, it's cute. It's there. I mean, throw Andy Reen in the background. It's, you know, it overall, I mean... It, there are things you can that might be worth your while disliking. That's not one of them because that just kind of that's freaking Americana right there. Oh, that's just it is. It's that it's it's a wonderful story. It's something that uh, someone in Hollywood couldn't script as much as people on the on the partisan Republican side think it's some kind of psyop. It's not. It's not been scripted. It was wonderful. It was authentic, and it was great to watch. And again, I was pulling through San Francisco. Uh, but boy, it certainly wasn't because I had any objection to the success or, or anything related to Taylor Swift. It just was my personal pick. But boy, oh boy, it was a great game. And, um, uh, you know, it'd be great to see what happens next season. The country owes them a favor because that was what it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a good game. All right. So you're back. It was a great game. You're back here either late August, early September. That's when we get we get done with that the uh, the, uh, the, um, the preseason games and get ready for the first game of the season. Then we'll have you back for Viking stuff. We'll have you back before that, especially the politics stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have you back for that for for next season. So get prepared for that. Keep an eye on things. All right. You know what my prediction is? What's that? Bikes are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going I mean, to the Super Bowl. There's, 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 that's my plan. I, you know, they're, they're not. You figure out some of these things, they're not that far away. It just is, you, you know, you, when, you said it best. Those two teams on the field were leaps and bounds better than any game I saw the Vikings play, even with Kirk Cousins. 
And, and it just is, you need to have people that have that fire that are trying to win a Super Bowl as opposed to just trying to win that day's game. And there's, I think it's a vision issue to a point. Correct. And, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I do have my Vikings. I did get my Vikings themed license plates. And did it's you? fair to say that it's a, it, yes. And the, the, the phrase on it, which is shortened in some way, basically says, I believe. That's what my license plate now says. That's how much I, and so I believe. Outstanding. Uh, we'll definitely, we're, you're coming back next season for the Vikings. Uh, I got a, an, an update on twins for some, on, on, on a completely different story in a second, but with the session kicking off today, one bit of news I saw from, uh, the, uh, from Dina Winter over at the reformer, uh, some Democrats had put forward the idea of trying to pass a sanctuary state bill that appears to be dead because even the DFL knows they don't have enough votes in either the house or the Senate to get that done. So it sounds like the sanctuary state bill is is not going to happen okay well yeah i mean we'll see i mean where it goes i mean it's, it's uh where the legislative process goes i mean i do think as we were talking about i think we spoke on we last spoke on friday Matt. i think that has the potential to be a, a bill that uh republicans really rally against and i think that we'll see what the democrats do i know that there is some uh, some previous articles about you know some legislators having some support for it We'll see. I mean, you know, this. If I were the, if I were advising the legislative Democrats, which I'm clearly not, I would be. My suggestion would be a neat and tidy, um, a neat and tidy session, uh, and get yeah. in, get out as quickly as you can. I think that's possible too, because and one of the things I was mentioning before you came on the air, even with Republicans, we got to deal with this nitrate in the water issue. And across the state, specifically in the western part, southwestern part, and southeastern part of the state, we have insane amounts of nitrates that are getting into the drinking water. And the facilities we have just are not capable of filtering all that stuff out. I, I think there's a real need here. And I think that if, if the, the DFL can look at the, the, the House GOP and, just, and the Senate GOP and say, here's the deal. We'll, how many, how many you, know, you know treatment plants do we need to get fixed here? and get that done, I think that that will go a long way to this being a fairly speed bump free session. Yes. I I think that, um, I think now putting on my partisan hat and advising the Republicans, Yes, I think they need to not have that happen. I think that they need to have there be uh, some bumps, they need to be some ups and downs, and they need to make sure that the legislative session is not tidy. I think that's the way that you do it uh, when you're in the minority on either side. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be the benefit in this situation. And if the, if the Republicans were in control, I'd be saying the same things about the Democrats, that that, that should be their strategy. They, the, so who's ever in the minority, in the minority party, they need a bumpy legislative session. They need to be able to go out and make the case to the voters that, that who is currently at the, who currently has their hand at the till of state government isn't responsible to run it. And so we'll see what they do. It's going to be an interesting session, and, and I think it's fair to say uh, it's it's going to be fast paced. It's not unlike last night's game that started very slowly. <laughs> I think this legislative session is going to start pretty quick. Well, and one last thing I ask you is: do do you think at the end because do you think that the Republicans are are a bit gun shy about what happened in 2022, where they had a deal in place, they turned the deal down. Of course, their their expectation was they were going to win the House and Senate in the governor's race. That did not happen. Do you feel as if speed bumps or not? that at the end of this, there will be a deal that enough Republicans with the bonding bill will get on board with and get it passed? Or do you feel as if that there's a, a higher chance that they might say, okay, I'd rather torpedo this, no bonding bill this year, and we'll see what happens in November? 
It really depends. I mean, I could see six of one, half dozen of the other. One thing that I will say with national politics playing up this cycle, the fact that it's a presidential year, that gets more interest. And, and I, could, I could see a scenario, Matt, where, uh, you know, activists paying much more attention to national politics and the activists are kind of excited and ginned up that maybe having a bonding bill is something that's not as palatable for a lot of Republican activists and people in these Republican districts. It'd be much easier to have that happen in a more of a sleepy year. Mm-hmm. But with this being kind of a jacked up election cycle, I wonder what electoral politics will play into the passage of a bonding bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that really creates some division between that's a that's a creates. I mean, the Democrats, this is an opportunity because they're generally in solidarity on, on, on the capital investment projects. But uh, for the Republicans, it can be much more of a dicey type situation. So we'll see. That's something that's a good point to watch. All right. We'll we'll definitely have you back on in the next few weeks to talk more politics stuff. Thank you so much for all your comments on the Viking season. Very appreciative. Spot on stuff. I think you and I had the most honest show on this stuff in the period through this entire season. So you are more than welcome back next year to talk Vikes. And I always appreciate when you talk politics. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate the opportunity to come on. It's a real passion of mine. I'm not as smart as it as others are in our conversations. I've learned a lot from talking with you. I hope they can continue. And thanks again for the opportunity. My bet. And I'll tell you what. I actually think you are smarter than a lot of other people about this. I, <laughs> I think this is a this is a good thing. So I'm very grateful, Michael Broadcorp, our Vikings uh, expert. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that.